0: Once upon a time, there was a young woman named Elise who wanted to see the entire world and all the stories within it. One day, she met a white rabbit who asked her to come along for a journey of discovery. Welcome to Elise in Wonderland.
1: And welcome to another episode of Elise in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. My name is Elise. I'm Gene. And we are the hosts of Elise in Wonderland, a show for those curious about the world, travel, culture, and new perspectives. And today, you guys are in for a treat. We have two wonderful special guests with us today Anthony Frizina and Julian Baird. Say hello to our listeners, guys. Hey, hello. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Good morning. So, today, we are going to be digging into some really interesting topics around accessibility and inclusion, as well as travel. So we are going to explore those topics a little later in our show and we're really happy to have our guests today. So thank you again for joining us this morning.
2: Awesome, thanks
1: for having us. You're, thanks welcome. For us. You're welcome, guys. So we're gonna talk a little bit about how our weeks were. Mm-hmm. It's been a crazy two weeks. Mm-hmm. We missed a show last, uh, last Sunday. Yeah. We made the executive decision because <laughs> I had been sick for a long time and it was snowing. And it was, it, was just, it was just too much at that yeah, point.
3: Sorry to our stakeholders.
1: Yes, our stakeholders! <laughs> sorry to leave you guys hanging in Wonderland alone, but I need to stay in my own Wonderland, which is my bed. <laughs> so good morning again. We're back, and we're happy to be here. Uh, Jen, how were your last two
3: weeks? So, well, it was a start-up for both college and university, so I started in Mohawk. Um, a lot of students coming from other countries, they are um, having extremely cold weather, which hasn't happened for many years, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel bad. And I started my university as well. And other than that, I stayed home because of cold weather. Um, hmm. Yesterday, we had an international orientation from our college international department. It was so much fun. So many students are coming and what? joining us. And I didn't know I was photographer.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were just assigned at the last minute. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I, I that I'm happens sometimes. Like everyone like do this, do this, and that. But <laughs> well, one thing was funny, so there was a lunch provided, and like we were supposed to the show going, and then I asked the students, they're taking photos all the time, so I told them, yeah, yeah guys, have take some lunch and have a seat. I think the show will start very soon. And one of the Indian guys said, oh, I'm not hungry for food, I'm hungry for photos.
1: <laughs> there are some okay. photo-addicted <laughs> students at this at uh, this the best photo
3: of the year so yes. far. <laughs> Yeah. How's yours? I'm hungry for photos. Yes.
1: I had a similar last two weeks. So we did have startup. It is crazy in the international square, so all new and returning students. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's amazing to see people from all over the world starting in Canada for the first time. Um, And we had our orientation yesterday on Saturday, so 300 students, Mm -hmm. new students, new to Canada. Um, talking about how to succeed in college, how to meet people, how to, how to break out of your comfort zone in such a short period of time, and it was a huge success, so I was very happy about that. Um, and yeah, during startup, just trying to get over being sick and stay at work <laughs> and have my brain work. Yeah. So it's been a great two weeks. I'm happy that I'm back in action now. Um, and to our guests, Julian, how, how are your last few weeks?
0: Uh, my last two weeks have been pretty exciting. I just finished my program at uh, Mohawk College, so I finished Health, Wellness and Fitness.
1: Hey, congratulations. Figured,
0: thank you. And uh, figuring out next steps. Um, and yesterday uh, was pretty exciting. I went to the Abilities Expo in Toronto, uh, but right by the airport. So if uh, it's happening today as well. If, you're, uh, mm-hmm. if you want to check out uh, more about accessibility, head there. Uh, it's until 4, 4 p.m.
1: So what happens at the Abilities Expo? That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, they have a bunch of products that you can uh, try. Uh, like um, I, I was in a wheelchair that allows you to stand in the chair. What?
1: And That's that so was cool. pretty cool.
0: Um, and they have workshops. Uh, um, someone was talking about accessible travel uh, there. So that was cool. I got to meet him and uh, network a bit. Um, nice. And then, uh, yeah, lots going on.
1: Very interesting. I never heard about Abilities Expo, but I will definitely mm. check that out. Thank you. And what about you, Anthony? Yeah,
0: same
2: with me with uh, startup and uh, I work on the domestic side of uh, startup, so I work with uh, students doing, uh, taking telephone calls, working with students in person, so these last couple of weeks have been uh, definitely quite busy on uh, on our end as well.
1: Nice, and I just want to remind everyone, every single week we talk about Anthony Frazina because he is the uh, number one commenter, supporter of our show. We've been talking about having him on the show because he's a huge advocate for accessibility in the college and in our Hamilton community. And we're super proud to have him, as well as Julian. And now Julian is a proud Mohawk grad. Yeah. I actually met you <laughs> a few years ago when you, I think you had just started and you were volunteering.
0: Yeah, I just finished my first year, I think.
1: Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. And, and then when Anthony wanted to bring you on the show, I was like, I know that name. I know that guy. I swear to god I know that yeah. guy. So. It's awesome to come full circle and have you back on the show with us. Awesome to be here. (laughs) Yeah, okay, great. So it's been a crazy two weeks. Apparently, everyone is settling in to uh, Canada and into what's going on in their roles, and and Julian, congratulations again. Thank you. Uh, That's a great program. So you had also recommended our next song, which is Bon Jovi, It's My Life. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you chose this song for today's show?
0: Uh, empowerment. <laughs> so it's all about uh, getting, uh, yeah, taking control of your life and uh, and knowing that if you want to do something, um, then today is the best way to get started.
1: Nice. What a great sentiment for today. So we're going to play Bon Jovi, It's My Life, get everyone pumped for the show, and then we're going to be digging into our main topic for today. Oh, my God, that was so cool. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Elise in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It is 9.14 a.m., and we are talking about accessibility and inclusion and travel today with our two wonderful guests, Anthony and Julian. So... Hey. (laughs) So there's been a changing mentality around accessibility and inclusion in Canada and a renewed focus and importance on these topics in our culture. There's been an increase in advocacy and rights for people with disabilities, as well as visibility in the media and in our day-to-day lives. So there is still a ways to go, and we have two advocates here today to talk a little bit about um, advocacy for accessibility as well as travel. So just a disclaimer, I think it's important to note that this is not a representation of all people with disabilities, it's just the opinion and experience of two individuals and advocates today. So I will ask our guests again, we just brushed over an introduction in the beginning, but I would love you guys to tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourselves and how you got involved with advocacy for accessibility. Julian, you want to start?
0: Sure. Uh, all right. Well, I'm. I was born with spina bifida and hydrocephalus, uh, so I've had a disability all my life. Um, and I lived in a very inaccessible house uh, in the first 15 years of my life. I didn't use my wheelchair inside. Mm. Um, I moved to uh, Stony Creek, Hamilton, uh, when I was 15, and uh, got uh, on a bus route. That was a in- very empowering experience. And uh, Since then, I've been, uh, well, I also got uh, involved in sport around that time. Uh, Sport has been hugely helpful um, to me to have a network of uh, of people with disabilities that I uh, am around regularly, and uh, so we work together uh, to build change, and um, yeah, that's me.
1: Awesome. Anthony?
2: For me, I mean, I was born actually with spina the hydrocephalus as well, Um, and at the age of eight, I was fortunate enough to meet an individual at the camp that I went to, Camp Meridale, and that was really the first time outside of my friends and family that I really learned of this person-first mentality. Mm-hmm. So it it really you know sparked that uh, mindset and that movement. And then at the age of thirteen, I had a surgery that at that point in nineteen ninety three had a success rate of forty percent, thus left me wheelchair bound at that point. And then I had to make a decision: Do I want to use this as a negative, or do I want to use this as an opportunity? Thus, I chose the uh, the latter, and uh, here we are today, you know, talking about uh, accessibility and inclusion on a regular basis. I too participated in sports such as sledge hockey and uh, baseball, and you know, as Julian said, like it's important the team aspect and the ability to network with people with different abilities really does help you uh, grow as a as an individual. Helps. Uh, Develop uh, the mindset towards accessibility and inclusion, and towards that person-first mentality.
0: And you learn from each other that uh, not that not everyone's the same. Uh, everyone with disability is different. Everyone, uh, no matter who you are, is different. So, um,
2: mm. yeah. I I personally use the uh, the term uh, a difference of ability rather than saying disability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: That's good That'll to be, know. Yeah, yeah, and that really does highlight that every situation is unique no matter who you are mm-hmm. And so from your perspectives, how has the view of people with disabilities or how has accessibility and what we talk about in our culture changed over the last 15 20 years?
2: Oh most definitely it's it's always uh, it's, it's it's improving I mean but it's important to also acknowledge that there's still a ways to go mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know having these conversations having, uh, uh, communication-based, all about accessibility and inclusion is, is key to talk about um, you know, being, being there for one another and you know, sh- showing that support that, we, uh, that we're all equal despite the difference of ability.
1: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned um, difference of ability and, and, and terminology as being something that's really important to highlight. So what, are, what other terminology as an introduction to this topic should we be aware of?
0: We are people with disabilities, not confined to a wheelchair, or uh, I noticed that Anthony used the term wheelchair-bound, I prefer not to use that personally um, because I don't see myself as bound to the wheelchair, um, I'm able to get out if I want to, uh, I can't walk but I can sit on another chair if I want to or uh, <laughs> do whatever I want um, other than walking.
2: Yeah. And certainly and I agree with you and uh, the term was wheelchair-bound in terms of you know, having Realize that after the op- after the surgery at the age of thirteen, but you know it's definitely not a definition of who we are. It's like everybody else. You know we define who we are, despite the difference of ability. So,
0: it's not who I am. It's just how I get around. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're wheelchair users, but we don't always use wheelchairs.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an important distinction to make. And then you know, there's also it may seem like you're saying the same thing, but. The person-first mentality also makes its way into terminology. Mm-hmm. So you can you can address someone as a person with a disability, but it's not a disabled person. Mm-hmm. It's a person first. This is where this whole person-first mentality comes from. Is there any other terminology that people should know about?
2: Well, I mean, in terms of that, like I think uh, it's important that we. We highlight, you know, people's abilities, and highlight the fact that um, that again, you know, we're not defined by the the difference of ability. And I mean, we still have opportunities to participate in activities of daily living. You know, whether it be going to school, taking part in recreation, uh, being employed, any anything, and all of that really is, you know, part of everybody's day to day life, and mm-hmm. it's not being impacted by the difference of ability.
1: Mm-hmm. OK, you said that's very well said. So there's also many assumptions I feel people have um, around accessibility. Some of the assumptions around that are that disabilities are always visible um, or that there's an assumption that you always need help. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit? There's a few a few um, highlighted kind of examples that we talked about before the show.
2: I think. Um for me, uh, you know, like, you know, people have made uh, assumptions, you know, in my life um, in terms of you know getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. They'll see the wheelchair and they'll they'll find the need to uh, grab a, an op a, an operated door and uh, you know you know push it for me. Whereas uh, you know I, I have the ability to do it myself and things like that. Like if they people notice that uh, I may be struggling, maybe getting up a ramp, for example, or going from point A to point B, having stuff in my hands. I mean. At the end of the day, that's that's my normal. I mean, everybody has a mm. different normal. So, and I think it's important to highlight that and the fact that um, what may norm, what being what may be normal for one person may not necessarily be normal for somebody else. But it's important to highlight and appreciate everybody's normal.
0: Yeah, and we understand that it's that uh, people are being kind by uh, giving us help. Um, but it's not always help that we need. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like jumping in front of me to open the door is not necessarily uh, necessary. Yeah. <laughs> That's all.
3: So,
1: is that something that frustrates you, or do you find it more like a learning opportunity for people? As you
2: said, least it's, it's, it is a learning opportunity. It's, it's a, an opportunity to continue the process of you know, communication and having these conversations with people that make these assumption uh, based approaches to persons with uh, a difference of ability.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So what would your advice for people be then? Would it be to ask you first?
2: Yeah, definitely ask. That's a good <laughs> gesture.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I think about something like that happening to me, you know, uh, let's say I'm carrying a bunch of stuff and someone just walks in front of me and takes it right from me, and he's like, here, I got this. I'd be like, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> okay. You know? um, if you apply that to something else, you can almost you can see kind of the absurdity of it once mm-hmm. you understand what your experience is, is with situations like that. Definitely. Um, okay, we've also talked about uh, the fact that something can be accessible. Uh, technically, you could have a an elevator or a ramp somewhere, but it's not always a convenient option. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that?
0: I think at Mohawk College, uh, the washrooms, like there are what, two barrier-free washrooms in the college, and uh, yeah, so the college is a big place. Mm -hmm. Um, There, Yeah, so things like that, um, you have to go out of your way to find conveniences Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, other people take for granted. Mm
1: -hmm. That's something very important as well to understand. Mm -hmm. Any comment from you on that, Anthony?
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, same thing. I mean, it's also important to uh, talk about the fact that um, just even getting from point A to point B is can be a little bit of a challenge. And you know, on like Julian said, it's just um, so long as we uh, kind of continue these conversations, continue the discussions about what uh, accessibility means in terms of uh, equality, and, and sometimes we kind of over overstate it and over you know sometimes take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's really something that's um, important to uh, to everybody of all abilities here. And can only benefit everybody um, if we continue these conversations and communications regarding accessibility and inclusion. Um, it just creates, you know, for a like, better community, a better economy, and highlights everybody's, um, you know, abilities to, to work and to be an active member of our community. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it just benefits everybody.
0: Yeah, ramps help uh, mothers with children uh, in strollers and uh, not just us mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and everyone. Yeah. Um, so you, how do you guys advocate? I know I have a line here, advocacy is important, and that you do that through individual promotion. So what are some of the things mm-hmm. that you guys do to advocate for accessibility?
2: Well, for me, um, I just um, I had the opportunity had the opportunity to um, to collaborate with uh, media instructors here at the college, and we created a show that uh, that I'm so proud of. Um, I worked with um, I worked with uh, individuals with the media department, and uh, we created a what is called above and beyond. It uh, debuted over the last couple weeks on Cable 14 as a pilot. and
1: Congratulations, It's yeah. huge. So
2: we are waiting on the word for the pilot to hopefully get a series, but uh, I think the pilot uh, went very well. I think the messaging was uh, extremely clear, and I think it's uh, important, as, as I've said previously, to continue the uh, conversation and the communication along the lines of accessibility and inclusion as a means of equality. And I think that's the key here, talking about Um, The fact that, you know, everybody is equal um, and and we're not defined by a difference of ability. Equal but different, yeah. Yeah, Equal Mm -hmm. but different, and in the sense that uh, we all define who we are based on our abilities. Mm -hmm. And this is just an opportunity to give people an opportunity and a platform to showcase one's ability. Mm
1: -hmm. That's really great. Um, Anything from you, Julian, on this? No. No. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, and the MICE method is something that you like to employ. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah,
2: um, every time I, I like to have a conversation with somebody, whether it be here at the college, in the community, family, and friends, I, I simply like to uh, employ what I call the principles of MICE, and that's motivation, inspiration, celebration, and education. Simply put, like I just want to reinforce the positive, reinforce the opportunities that we have to continue to grow. I mean as a community here in Hamilton, we are growing, but we also have to acknowledge that there is still work to be done. And on a regular basis, if we continue these conversations in that way, we're gonna get to the next level, and then the level after that, and the level after that. And, and really, that's that's the way we wanna be.
1: That's wonderful. Um, so one of those levels that we we're going to talk about today is AODA. So this is Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. And this is something that has is been um, enacted pretty recently within our government um, and will kind of will develop some... Um, some standards for accessibility in Ontario. So can, can you talk a little bit about AODA and why it's important for Ontario?
0: Actually, I just want to touch on um, before that history. Um, it's I think it's been around since 2000, uh, okay. so that's like 17 years. It's been around a while. It's, um, but you know, Anthony, yeah. if you want
2: to. Yeah, it actually became on June thirteenth, two 2005, yeah. uh, but the AODA did exist. Um, and it's really based on five pillars, which is com- customer service, information and communication standard, the transportation standard, employment standard, and the design of public spaces. In order to ensure that we have the um, structures and communication pieces and policies in place that we are creating that inclusive environment, whether it be in a business aspect or a uh, community aspect, so that we are being inclusive to everybody and not defining people by a disability.
0: Yeah, and it's not just about the um, built environment, like that's one, one pillar, but uh, mm-hmm. it's also about customer service and um, yeah, there's more to it.
1: Okay, so how I, I really only have experience working um, around the built environment parts of AODA as it's been enacted and, and trickled into the college system. What are some other ways that you've seen that AODA has impacted accessibility?
2: Just even uh, the community, for example, the HSR bus is now having accessible uh, ramps, um, you know, uh, other organizations in our community, giving the opportunity for individuals with uh, a difference of ability to get out and be active, participate in recreation, participate in jobs, participate in the community. Mm. As individuals, as the person first, um, is, is always has always uh, kind of evolved from there.
1: Very cool. So, uh, there's also so many other initiatives um around uh private initiatives people that have done crowdfunding and wanted to wanted to advocate for accessibility and inclusion in different ways so some of them are that i've known about are stopgap and ramp up do you want to talk a little bit about what what those initiatives are
0: stopgap and ramp up Uh, i don't know a lot about them but i will uh, say that they are Um, initiatives to help make, uh, for example, your business if you are a business owner um, more accessible. Uh, So they will help you with uh, getting a ramp, uh, for instance. Um, Anthony, if you have anything to add? Yeah,
2: um, in terms of that too, like even uh, employment uh, employment standards, there's uh, grants out there to help make your employment space for a person with a disability to be able to do their job as effectively as every other employee. So there's also grants out there to support that. There's also another, other initiatives out there to support
3: uh, persons with disabilities being equal parts, uh, equal members of the community as well. well. I think it's also great for the business too. Like, um, some people might say there's more cost to, to implement that, but on the other hand, you can prom- like promote that we are inclusive everyone, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. So. Uh, I'm, I'm sure business get growing if you do that, mm-hmm. I think.
2: Well, here at Mohawk College, I mean, this is the prime example of mm-hmm. accessibility and inclusion. I'm, I've been a part of the Accessibility Advisory Committee here at the college since 2004. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the changes that we've seen over the last 15 years, 14 years now, has been insurmountable. But in a, again, it's at the, at the point where, you know, it's always evolving, it's always sure. growing. I right. mean, there's no, there's no stopping to where we can be. I mean, at the, at the end of the Mohawk College, has always been ahead of the curve. But at the same time, it's also acknowledging the fact that, you know, there's still more to be done.
3: Great.
1: We also have um, our website, and we have a variety of new post-grad programs, which I believe f- have come from AODA, um, being such a huge push in our education system, which are all around accessible media production. So there are now is this renewed interest in coming back to school or, or choosing to study to create media that's accessible, whether it be screen readers, whether it be um, closed captioning and and different accessible media. Um, That's something that the college has taken on, which I think has been really interesting. We've also been tasked to make our website completely AODA compliant and accessible for anyone. Mm
3: -hmm. So basically, if you um, scroll any text on the website, they they will read it to you. Mm -hmm. That's what they do.
1: Very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also so many other examples of technology um, that makes the world more accessible for anyone with various mm-hmm. needs. And Jin is our tech expert, so he has a few things he would,
3: he wants to explore on the show. Yeah, just briefly. So there is a Google Talkback. It uh, same as the Mohawk College website. They read everything, every text on the web, on the on the phone, mm-hmm. Android phone, and like even image. They if there is a description, they read it to you. Um, audiobook is a great example, and I, I love it too. You remember I told you that I'm reading a Kill Alice book?
1: Mm-hmm. I <laughs> remember <laughs> L, that. I'm always looking over my shoulder now. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I will read it to you next time, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I read this book through audiobook, and when I go to work, when I go home, I read it like without hands-free, with mm-hmm. hands-free. Also, um, like, there are 3D printing happenings, and when people need... Um, a uh, hands because they lost it uh, before and they can print it for you which was like extremely mm. expensive before because it has to be fit with a person's uh, size mm-hmm. but with the uh, 3d printing they can make it they can scan your body and they can print it in like an
1: exact replica of your hand for right, a prosthetic
3: right and it's way cheaper than before that's cool yeah also i mean you can do online shopping and now some Amazon, they do drone deliveries.
1: So how, does drone delivery actually happen? Have you, or States, is yes. it, does in wow. the States. Yeah. Do you know when mm-hmm. it's gonna be rolled out in Canada? Because I'm a huge online <laughs> shopper. I would love that. Well, e- email them, email <laughs> <Okay>. them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, it's my favorite uh, auto-driving car is coming Tesla. sometime. Yeah, there are some um, auto-driving highways in Tesla. Or auto parking too, you know, like those. Also, there's something called is Internet of Thing, basically make everything with the internet. So, uh-huh. let's say the desk is Internet of Thing, then you can adjust the heights, um, and you can uh, change the temperature out of the out of home. You can do the uh, phone.
1: Hmm. I know uh, Anthony has Google Home. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Was yeah. that a ti- and your Christmas tree lights were clap on clap yeah, on, that I had made me so happy to
2: my uh, Christmas lights and oh. I'm trying to voice activate my place and to help it just to be more user friendly and uh, whether it be from the lights and television, uh, my thermostat you know, I'm just trying to make things a little bit more again user friendly mm.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. So there's so many technologies now that are um, addressing the needs of people all over the world. Whether it be for accessibility or just for convenience, and um,
0: are we talking about apps? Uh, because there's a yeah, uh, Google apps. Maps um, has just created this new uh, initiative in the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's local guides. So become a local guide, and you can colla- uh, You can uh, contribute um, information that you know about places that you've been, uh, accessible uh, to make uh, pe- more people aware of um, what is accessible and what's not.
2: It was the Be My Eyes app that you Mm -hmm. were talking about. Yeah,
1: so um, we had our listener Leslie, who's my aunt. Hey. (laughs) 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 She is awesome, and she was telling me about this app, but had recently posted it back in our conversation group today. It's called Be My Eyes. It is such a cool initiative that I hadn't heard of before. So she signed on as someone with vision, and I guess other people that have vision impairment can sign on and be matched. So um, she talked about one example, which was really cool. There was someone that had a vision impairment who was in an airport, and there was an announcement that went off that said, okay, all these gates are changing, please check the boards for your new Mm. gate. And of course, she wasn't able to see uh, the boards or find assistance, so she went through this app, Be My Eyes, and showed a video to my aunt who was able to read out the gate numbers for her. So they're literally someone's eyes, so I guess with day-to-day things that happen like that that are unexpected, it's it's an amazing application that someone thought of who's a genius. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. There's also Access Now you were talking about?
0: Yeah, Access Now is another app uh, similar to Google Maps. You can add uh, information that you know about places that you've been to let people know what's accessible and what's not. There are many out there, uh, depending on where you live. Uh, Some are more popular in other areas.
1: That's really interesting. So um, any listeners out there that know about any other applications or technology, please let us know on our Facebook page, at Elise1015, and help share help us share that with the world, that would be great. And I'm always interested in learning more about new developing technologies. So thank you guys. We're gonna go into a little bit of another music break now. So this song is by the famous Ray Charles. He was a musician, as most people know, who had a disability, he had glaucoma, and as a result, had vision impairment himself. So this is a song called You Don't Know Me. It's a song for those who feel misunderstood or labeled in some way and not seen for who they really are. So I thought this was a very good match for what we're talking about today. And again, this is Ray Charles' You Don't Know Me.
3: Benvenuti to Alice in Wonderland. Swagethe
2: Alice Wonderland. Alice Wonderland, we wish you all On a one o one five. One o one five, the hawk, it's me. Thank
3: you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank
3: you.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to Alice in Wonderland on one o one five, the hawk. It is nine forty one, and we are talking about accessibility and travel with our guests Anthony Frizina and Julian Baird. Welcome back, everyone.
0: Thanks, Ken, for having us. Yeah, of
1: course. It's our pleasure. So uh, we are going to talk a little bit more with Julian and, of course, Anthony chime in whenever relevant. Uh, beca- but Julian is the world traveler in the room. So he is going to talk a little bit about um, his experience traveling around the world. So Julian, tell us a little bit about where you've gone.
0: I have done four transcontinental trips so far. So I've, uh, the first one was to Israel. I went to, the next one uh, was a month-long trip uh, that I did. Uh, I went to, uh, spent a week in Berlin, spent a week in London, uh, then came over, uh, went to Edmonton, took a bus from Edmonton to Vancouver, uh, stayed over in Lake Louise for the night. Oh (laughs) Um, my god, amazing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was fantastic, and spent a week in Vancouver. Um, And then I've been to uh, Paris, been to Amsterdam, been to Antwerp. yeah a bit of Brussels um, that's about oh uh, and I've been to Colombia uh-huh yeah
1: oh that's all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's quite an impressive list um, and so when we talked before the show we talked a little bit about um, there are some challenges when you're traveling to different parts of the world because some things just are not accessible. So Mm -hmm. you need to do a little bit of planning Mm -hmm. and some research before you go. So tell us a little bit about what you do to prepare for these crazy awesome trips that you do and what's included in your checklist.
0: Yeah, Um, all right, well, I personally, I I need to get better at planning. Um, I'm I'm not the biggest planner. So what I do, I I generally, I I, um, figure out how much, I can, how much I can afford to spend on this trip um, and uh, buy a plane ticket, <laughs> and that's my first step. Um, and then I figure out um, from there where am I gonna stay, um, make sure that it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I generally, I'm a hosteler, I, I try to keep it cheap, um, so I like uh, the social aspect of staying in a hostel as well, um, rooming with, uh, with more, more up to like eight people I've stayed in a room with, mm-hmm. um, and that's a lot of fun. Um, I have, sorry, what, was, what would you like me to touch on? I
1: don't know, what do you, so when? let's say you want to travel to Columbia. Um, if you're planning a travel route, are there certain things that you look at before you go to make sure, like yes, I'll be able to get from point A to point B, are there buses that can take me in right. my wheelchair, are there?
0: Public transportation is huge, yeah. I, I try to um, make sure that I'm aware of that. Uh, For example, in London, um, like uh, the tube, the subway is not so accessible. So, um, but the buses are. uh, So that's good to know. Um, These things, every city is different. So you gotta, you gotta Mm. be aware. Um, Google is uh, very helpful. (laughs) Yeah, it's your friend. (laughs) Um, So and and uh, getting to know uh, other people who have uh, done traveling um, that you want to do is uh, is great help. So I've Mm. been networking on uh... for example instagram i've been sharing all my uh... trip pictures i'm uh, julian underscore sits underscore well on instagram if you want to add me Fits Um well, and awesome. uh... yeah so um, you can see where i've been um... and i've been uh... following other people on instagram who have uh, who are into accessible travel and uh... yeah so um, the more you know the the better knowledge is power um... yeah hmm. so it's good to collaborate
1: very cool um, so are there countries that you've been to that you think are more advanced than us in Ontario and Canada in terms of accessibilities, or others that are more behind
0: mm, yeah I had a great experience in Germany um, yeah in Berlin I've only been to Berlin and Germany so far but I had a great great experience there um, all, all the everything's ramped um, very well it's a, it's a very flat city um, so mm-hmm easy to get around um, and one of the um, uh, architecture there, like uh, there's this uh, Reichstag dome um, if you're in Berlin it's a really cool piece of architecture, it's a, it's a dome on top of, uh, like uh, in World War II this um, this government building was bombed and they uh, made this building, uh, they added this dome on top um, to reconstruct it and, uh, and it's fully ramped so uh, I can wheel up to the top of the dome, and it gives wow, you a great cool. view. So things like that, um, yeah, that's uh, uh, that was amazing. Um, one of my best experiences.
1: That's great. And were there other countries where you were like, okay, there's so much, there's more that needs to be done here.
0: Yeah, well, uh, uh, Columbia, I mean, um, my sister lives there, so I was there for her wedding, but uh, well, that, that was an nice. incredible um, experience, um, but I would never, I, I'm generally a solo traveler. I like to be on my own and have my own plan, mm-hmm. be, have the freedom to choose what I wanna do. But um, if you are, um, yeah, it, it, that Columbia isn't something that I would never do on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I would, uh, it's just impossible. There are not um, curb cuts. Uh, no ramps um, like anywhere, uh, so uh, I needed a lot of help, uh, and it's very hilly, a lot of cobbles, um, so a lot of challenges, mm. uh, and on top of the language barrier. So, uh, yeah,
1: yes, yeah, that's usually one of the biggest barriers <laughs> in the beginning. And I know, um, Jin, you had obviously you have experience living in Korea. What is that mm-hmm. like? Well,
3: so I'm not person but I went I mm-hmm. was in a, a volunteer uh, club in the university before so we had experience to take a person uh, who can walk to like point a to B through a subway but that was 10 years ago but everything supposed to be accessible but then elevator was broken uh, mm-hmm. escalator is broken so we have to
1: there's no other option that's provided right yeah. so we
3: have to bring almost four guys like 20s guys mm-hmm. um, to to ho- carry this person from A to B, which was crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I came to Canada seven years ago, everything was already better than Korea here. So bus was all accessible, every Mm. bus is um, that. But still in Korea, it's hard. I mean, um, bus is not accessible, Uh, website is, there's no accessible website. I don't think we have a certain term called accessible much because we are focusing too much on like people doesn't have any issues. Mm. So that's why they focus on those business on that and we don't even holding doors for each other. Mm. <laughs> um, so
1: the focus is less on accessibility and
3: inclusion. Yeah, I mean, we are getting better, but we are way behind than th- what Canada does for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess one of my other questions, and on that note for everyone in the room, uh, you find that when you're in different countries and in different cultures, it, are people with disabilities as accepted, or is is there more of a culture of inclusion or less of an inc- culture of inclusion in different cultures? Do you, do you experience that? Can you say kind of definitively that there's a difference?
0: I think uh, well, Canada does pretty well um, in terms of inclusion. Uh, I think in uh, some some parts of Europe are more progressive than others. Uh, mm. in, in Germany, I think they're very progressive. Uh, in France, I would say not so much. Um, they no. uh, a, a lot of their businesses are not accessible. Um, getting around outside is is one thing, but getting around uh, and getting trying to get in buildings, uh, a lot of them don't have elevators. Mm. So um, yeah, and the culture of uh, acceptance is. Getting there. But.
2: Well, with myself, um, my travel experiences are rather limited, uh, and I've been to places like the Dominican Republic, um, Mexico, um, and while they're accessible in some ways, there's still uh, improvements need to be made. Um, I've been to Italy as well, and uh, again, more um, more on the inaccessible side, with uh, the hope that you know there's still uh, uh, improvements to be made. Um, uh... in canada and in ontario we do have uh... as we talked about a little bit earlier with the aoda mandate to be fully accessible by twenty twenty five so we're hoping with uh... the steps that you know we're taking here uh, in ontario that that by twenty twenty five we will be uh... fully accessible barrier free over here
0: We've mm-hmm. got a long way to go and i think one major step that we need to uh, cross is making it more enforced. Um, the AODA is, is uh, they have great guidelines, but um, there's not a lot of enforcement.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is what will actually make a difference. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah, okay. I think we've
3: got a question for Julianne. Sure. Um, Kat asking you uh, Does Julian speak other languages?
0: Uh, I speak a little bit of Fran- uh, French. Bonjour. Uh, comment <laughs> ça va? <laughs> uh, I can say Guten Tag. Uh, good morning in German. Um, yeah. Uh, hola. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: the survival Cerveza.
0: stuff.
2: Cerveza. Yeah.
1: Cerveza, yeah. Nice. Um, that's really interesting, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it has to do with maybe um, in Europe, European cities are much older. Like. Physically, they're much older as well. And in in Canada, because we're such a new country, maybe there are opportunities to kind of have accessibility in mind more when you're building the fountain.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, But I I think Germany is kind of a, um, because it Mm, was so bombed in the war, I think that that was actually an advantage uh, for them. It's helped them um, rebuild Mm -hmm. and make things more modern. Mm. Um, But yeah, the fact that we are uh, pretty new, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that. Helps us, uh, I think.
1: And it's not there's not as much retrofitting of older buildings right. or cobblestone streets or those kind of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Um, there's also so many resources. So I, I know we've just posted on our little group chat here, uh, your Instagram page, Julian underscore sits underscore well. That's right. Mm-hmm. There are so many other online resources as well. Um, just what, what is accessible research that's done about travel and and blogs. Um, what are some of your favorites?
0: Yeah, there's so many out there. Um, Curb Free with Corey Lee was one that really helped me um, research my travels. Uh, I, I just met a guy at the Abilities Expo yesterday um, who runs wheelchairtravel.org. Uh, that's another blog. Um, he He's very informative. Um, they both use power chairs, both Corey Lee and the guy that I met yesterday, John. Um, so uh, they Yeah, I I use a manual chair myself, so everyone has a different way to get around and uh, different challenges, but uh, they've really helped me.
1: Cool, I can't remember the name of, uh, I think I sent you this video, Anthony, but it was um, someone that had a disability that was showing, he wanted to get, he was in Manhattan, he wanted to get to Brooklyn to get a donut before the store closed. I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but he, he injects it with so much comedy and absurdity, but it really does highlight, you know, it really seems crazy for him, the barriers and the, the things he had to overcome just to get from point A to point B to get a donut. Whether it's curves, whether it's, you know, he showed up to the place and I think there was no ramp to get up inside the store itself by the end of the video. Um but funny.
0: New York City was my mo- most recent trip, actually, and uh, yeah, yeah in, in lower Manhattan, there are a lot of curb cuts missing, so that was, Disappointing.
1: I I shared
2: this video on my Facebook about a a gentleman who was born without uh, Hands who actually plays the piano so You know, it it was such an inspiration to see that and cool. There's so many uh, inspiring people out there Mm -hmm. um, with a difference of ability and they're you know less known less uh, understood and uh, But videos like that if we keep sharing all these kind of important videos on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and we get that message out there about uh, inclusion.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, one thing we have to check out is after the Olympics, there's always a Paralympic right after, right? Mm -hmm. I think we should check that out too.
1: Yeah, that would be a good thing Mm -hmm. to cover Mm -hmm. as well. Interesting, okay, thank you guys. That was very informative. So um, is there anything in closing um, that you would like our our listeners to know about you, or to, you know, if you had one kind of final thought to impart on people, what would it be?
0: Uh, Ask questions uh, to get where you want to go, figure out what you want to do, and start working toward it.
2: And simply just kind of keep the conversation going, you know, Mm -hmm. as Julian mentioned, ask questions, continue to build, uh, um, to continue to build the, uh, the bridging of the gap to accessibility and inclusion, with not only within our community within uh, Ontario, within Canada, within the world. Um, it starts with um, one step before we can take the next step, and we gotta continue to take those steps to build a barrier-free uh, world.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm and just thinking I, how can we make our show more accessible? Because it's not that accessible, right? You have to listen hmm. at the right time. But
1: yeah, there know. may be ways that we can, I, I know there was a uh, point where we were posting our transcript on mm. Facebook, which, which as long as it was accessible with an e-reader. Yeah. Um, but you're right, we should look more into that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say as well, um, from being involved in some inclusion initiatives in my job, I think it's important to, if you don't know, ask. Don't make assumptions, whether mm-hmm. it comes to you know, what people are comfortable with or not. If you're not sure, just ask. And that's the best method from my experience. Yeah, and... Uh, 100%.
2: I'm, mm-hmm. as you guys alluded to at the beginning of the show, I'm your biggest fans. and uh, And <laughs> it's <Yeah>. really <laughs> about, uh, you, know, you know, Lisa and I, you know, we've worked together on uh, many projects as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the collaboration is key. Um, don't necessarily write a legislation or a scripture without involving those who, impacts, who it will impact the most. Of course.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, people with disabilities are like 15% of the population, so we need uh, more advocates
2: in Hamilton alone, the percentage of persons with disabilities is greater than the provincial and national averages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, like I mean, that. it makes perfect sense to to start here and continue to build those conversations, bridge those gaps to continually being more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Great.
1: Thank you again, guys, for coming on the show. It's been really illuminating for me, and I'm sure our listeners have had a great time listening to you guys as well, and, and the stories that you've been able to share. So again, check out Anthony Frazina on Cable 14, on his show Above and Beyond. Check out Julian on julian underscore sits underscore well at Instagram. Any last minute plugs from you guys? Did I cover it? (laughs)
0: That's all I got. Okay,
1: keep following us and, and our guests for more information on what is going on in accessibility and inclusion advocacy. So, thank you again, guys. It's been a pleasure. I can't believe an hour has gone by, but we're going to close now. And next week, we have Momo, who is going to talk about his trip to Mecca and uh, talk a little bit more about his Muslim faith and some of his experiences through his uh, public speaking initiatives through the Momo experience. He's a really inspiring guy and has a lot to share as well. Mm -hmm. So we're going to end off the show with this lovely George Michael song freedom which most people will know and this is um the sentiment behind this and why i chose this is that we all want to have the freedom to experience the world as we would like it so hope you enjoy and have a lovely weekend everyone thanks again for listening bye
3: bye